Do you see dead people? Not because you're a Bruce Willis superfan, but because visits with Gma got a little weird after her funeral. Are you often up at 3 a.m. googling the various ways in which bodies decompose? But you swear it's just harmless research. Are you the first of your friend group to go on a murder tour or rent a haunted location for the night? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Identity Podcast. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Identity Podcast. I am your host, Janine Mercer, and this week I have a little something special for you guys. I have my friend Patty Wolf uh, joining me. Patty, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Janine? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, so this week is a little bit different. Um, I asked my friend Patty to come on here and ask me some questions because apparently you guys want to know about me, which is interesting because I didn't think that anybody really wanted to know about me. Um, but it's a thing, I guess. So, uh, I guess, uh, when was it? It was like last week. I think it was last week, Monday. I checked the email and I don't normally check the email. I need to get better about it, but I noticed that I had a bunch of emails from, uh, my listeners. So I was like, well, I'm going to check and see what these are. And I opened them up, and sure enough, there was a whole bunch of questions in there about, like, what some of my favorite spooky things are, and, like, how I got started in being an oddball. Um, And is it natural, or (laughs) is it something that I developed over time? So we're going to kind of get into all of that. Before we get started, I kind of wanted um, you, Patty, to, to tell the listeners a little something about yourself. Well, all right. Um... My name, again, is Patty Wolf, and I'm living in Illinois. I just moved here about a year ago. I live on an island, which is really nice. Mm. Um, And I work in downtown Chicago, and and Janine and her wife are very good friends of mine, so I was really excited to be able to help her out tonight. Yeah, and I'm so excited that you actually had time because you're very busy with work. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I work third shift, so I sleep a lot now. Right. Yeah. All right. So, um, so let's see, do we, do we want to get started on, on question number one? I, I kind of wanted to keep it organic, so I didn't really do a whole bunch of research or anything. I didn't make notes. Um, Um, I think you have some really good questions. I was really, um, it's nice to see that they're kind of really from all over the place. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing some of your responses to these questions. Yeah, I and was actually really impressed that there were so many people from all over who were like, hey, I'm from, like, I think that there's a guy on there from Amsterdam. And I was like, yes. holy yes. shit, there are people yes. in Amsterdam listening. New York, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's really nice to see. So, but we'll start with um, Edward from Nova Scotia. Okay. And he's asking, um, what's your favorite spooky or haunted place oh god okay so this question is always really hard for me because i am a huge nerd when it comes to spooky places obviously that's it's part of the topic of the podcast um 
probably one of my favorites is um, Zunantinich. Uh, it's in Belize. And I was there in, I think it was 2011. I went there on a service trip with my college. And uh, there is uh, a very large Mayan temple um, at Zunantinich. And I made it about halfway up because that was what my asthma allowed. And um, <laughs> so I got about halfway up and the, the heights and the asthma were kind of the cutoff. Um, but if you make it all the way up to the top, you can actually see all the way to Guatemala. Um, so it's very, it's very high. Um, and apparently that place is very haunted. There's a, um, a woman in, uh, I believe it's a woman with dark hair and red eyes, uh, who haunts that place. And apparently you can see her around there at, at certain times in the evening and at night. Um, the only real things that I saw when I was at Zunantinich were obviously the Mayan temples, which were awesome. Um, but also the guys with, you know, semi-automatic weapons because <laughs> it's a protected site. So the military was there and it's also surrounded by allspice trees. So you can go and pick like the leaves and stuff off the trees and they smell like allspice. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty neat place. I, I think that that's probably one of my, my favorite places to, that I've been, um, that also happens to be haunted. So. <clears throat> sure, it's spooky and it's beautiful. So that is. It is nice very pretty. Um, and actually, there there was a guy who was um, kind of chauffeuring us around, and he was originally from Guatemala. Uh, and he was telling us that if you went all the way up to the top, you could see all the way to where he comes from. Um, and he was kind of sad about it. I think that he was sad because he was so far away from home and like. Maybe he couldn't make as good of money um, in Guatemala as he could um, in Belize. I I don't know, but um, yeah, he seemed he seemed sad about it. His name was Juan. He was a very oh. nice guy. Yeah, that's very nice he shared with you. Yeah. All right. Well, are we ready for question number two? I think so. Uh, awesome. <clears throat> It comes from Greg from Long Island, and he asks, why do you tell us to say stay spooky at the end of every podcast episode? I mean, what else am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, you know, when, when Mimi and myself first started the podcast um, back in 2017, we were trying to come up with a way to sign off. And everybody in the in the podcasting world seems to have like a sign off phrase, like something catchy that, you know, that, that they just say before they sign off at the end of an episode. And um, Mimi's was always peace out. Um, and for me, because I'm just I don't know, I'm just I've always been weird. Um, <laughs> I've always been kind of an oddball. <laughs> uh, so mine, of course, was it just kind of came out one day. It was just stay spooky because, you know, who gives a fuck what other people think of you or, you know, whether or not you're normal, whatever the hell that means. Um, you know, just kind of like be your, be, I guess it means be your oddball self or just be your spooky self, you know, and stay that way and like live it. Cause it's a lifestyle, you know? Um, 
So yeah, I I think that that's why. I, yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> yes, it definitely, it definitely does sense. <laughs> I think it's just nice to meet somebody who's into the macabre mm. as I am as well. Because most people I talk to, if I'm at work, they just um, they kind of just look at me and blink. Oh yeah, you and get the look. They just think, yes, I get the look quite yeah. often. <laughs> I told everybody about my beaver in the jar, the baby beaver that you gave me. Oh yeah. Get, and I just think it's beautiful, and I put it up on my Facebook page, and <laughs> I tell everybody about it. And um, even my son thought it was a little disturbing, and I, <laughs> I don't get it. Well, <laughs> and I and I named most- him Justin. Justin. <laughs> um, because I'm Canadian and I think that Justin Bieber is one of the most ridiculous human beings on the planet. <laughs> yes. Um, so he's Justin Bieber. And I think it's and awesome. He still is. Yeah. He still is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So Ed from the UK. Um, when you and Mimi went to Grand Park in Milwaukee, you recorded the visit. Did you ever go back and listen again and see if you missed anything? Um, you know, that was probably one of the coolest episodes I've ever done. We actually, um, just, just for people who are suddenly tuning into this episode and are like, what the hell is this? Um, we had a live show, uh, quote-unquote live, um, where I recorded the audio of us going to Seven Bridges of Grand Park in Milwaukee, which is supposedly quite haunted. Um, the only thing that we found was a bunch of drunk teenagers, uh, or so I thought, until we got back, and I started going through the audio, and we actually did catch a couple of really good EVPs. Um, really? We did, yeah. So, um, I basically took the snippets of audio and kind of zoomed in on them and made them clearer, um, you know, so that people could be more able to hear them. Um, and I forget, I forget what, what the EVPs were exactly. There was one that was knocking. There was a response to me knocking and I got knocks back. And then there was another one, um, just as we were leaving, we were crossing the bridge and, oh, when we were leaving, um, I said something about, well, you know, this is a really nice park or something. And the EVP that I caught, it sounded like somebody saying, oh, so it's a park. So it was almost like whoever was there, whatever spirit was there, didn't know where they were or what, you know, what the purpose of the land was. Maybe it served a different purpose way back when. I'm, I'm not really sure. But yeah, it, it sounded like, oh, so it's a park. Like it was almost dawning on whoever this was that, oh, yeah, so that's what it is, you know. Um, and there was inflection. Like it was it was pretty crazy. Um oh. Yeah, Grand Park was my backyard. Oh, I yeah. At Lakeshore Towers. Yep. And I can't picture where that is in Grand Park. Is it close to, like, um, is, I can't think of the street that that's on. It's on Lake Drive, but the, the north, um, the east-west street. Uh, uh, no. I haven't lived there in quite a few years, so. Yeah, like- you know, I'm, I'm blanking. I, I know that we went in there after the park closed. <laughs> Oh, oh, nice. So we had to park outside and walk in because they closed the gates. So you can't okay. get out. <laughs> oh, wow. I just can't picture where it is in the park because it's huge. 
Oh yeah, and I mean there's there's seven bridges there. So I mean we we only went across two, I think. While we were there. Oh wow, I'd love to go back. So and see where that is. I mean it's it's pretty I mean at night it's pretty creepy. Sure. Sure it is. It's it's dark. Yeah, well, I mean there's there's <laughs> that. Um but there was also a whole bunch of like drunk teenagers just running around in there like playing spotlight and scaring each other. Oh, sure. Um, But we managed to find a couple of quiet spaces, and we did some EVPs, and they actually turned out. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, since I went back for that follow-up episode and picked out the pieces of audio, um, Uh I actually haven't been back to that audio since. So, I mean, I still have it. I I keep all of the recordings. So, um, yeah, I think I'll I'll have to make time and and go back and see if there's anything else to, to find. There probably yeah, is. And fine. I actually, I have better headphones now. <laughs> oh. So I could probably hear a lot more. I don't know. So what so. equipment do you, did you use to record? Um, Literally just uh, like an audio recorder. Okay. Um, And we just kind of walked around and we asked questions. Um, We asked for, you know, knocks in response to what we were knocking out. And yeah, we got we got a couple of responses, so it was yeah, it was pretty creepy. Oh wow! Yeah. <clears throat> See, I, when I lived over there, I was already an adult, and so I hadn't been in the park since at nighttime since I was one of those teenagers running around and scaring people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Um, on to the next is Theo from Maine, mm. and he said, "You like ghost stories and folklore." Did you grow up telling stories like these, or did you just get interested in them for, for the podcast? I, I mean, I've kind of gone through this uh, a little bit in past episodes, um, because I've dealt with, you know, the, the hag, and I've talked about um, Cabot Tower, Signal Hill, um, the Cape Spear Lighthouse, um, those sorts of places. I've also talked about um, fairies and... Um, kind of uh, folklore in terms of, like, healing remedies and stuff like that. That sort of thing is very prevalent in the folklore where I come from. Um, A lot of people came over from um, Ireland, Scotland, England, uh, France. Uh, We have places on the island that you can go where it sounds like people could speak French, but they don't speak French, they just have the accent. So... (laughs) So it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, if you go to, um, say, for example, you go to Fairyland. Fairyland, everybody sounds like they're Irish. Like, they came from Ireland. <laughs> and now they're there. And they have an Irish accent. Um, for me, because I'm a, a townie, they call us townies because we live in the city. I don't know how that originated. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So, so I'm a townie. Um, and the, the townie accent is very much like it, like it's in, it's almost like it's in your nose. Like it's very, I don't know. It's almost like it comes out your nose as opposed to coming out like more guttural. Like when you're from out around the bay, um, people call them baymen. Those, the people that live out around the bay, their accent is very, um, very guttural. There's, it's, it's almost like they're slurring their words. And you have to be very careful because if you get into a conversation with someone and they're just, they're just going, like they're on the ball, 
you oh can my. just fly right off on the corners. Like, you have no <laughs> no idea what anybody's saying. Um, not a lot. Oh my god! I mean, my grandfather actually, since he's he's in his eighties now, um, his accent has gotten a lot thicker, and he's he's a townie too. He's from town, and his accent is so thick now that like I speak to him on the phone and I don't know what he's saying. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I mean, it you know it depends where you're from, but. Um, okay, yeah, I'm thinking when you talk about like the the more nasally sound, yeah, that's a very kind of a northern thing in the U.S., like Wisconsin. Right. Um, we're very nasally, but if you think about the northeastern parts of the U.S., up around Maine, oh, where sure. from, it's very, you know, it's very, I don't want to say nasally. Right. It would be a better word for that. They just um, have, they have very, the very heavy accents. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like the accent is a little thicker, mm-hmm. a little heavier. It's kind of more in the back of the throat, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's up almost the, like that's... Nose. Yeah, it's almost like that's where it originates, in the back of the throat, whereas, you know, where where I'm from, if you're from town, it's all up in your nose. <laughs> yes. You know? Um, but if you're from out around the bay, right? Like, everything sounds like death. Right. You know? Kind of like northern Wisconsin, <clears throat> you have to hold your nose and talk. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you go to, like, Wauwatosa... Uh-huh. <laughs> And do some yoga. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the elongated O's or something that, you know, they, it's similar. Um, well, you really don't have to go very far. No. All this difference. <laughs> no, you really don't. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, in, in terms of folklore, all, all of the folkloric um, stories that I've personally heard um, and transmitted onto other people were told to me by other people. Um, who knew these stories just by somebody telling it to them. So these stories are not written down anywhere, per se, um, or maybe they are, but they're not word for word. So, um, for example, the, you know, the, the ghost of Dobbins Garden um, on Belle Isle, that, that story has been transmitted thousands of times. And every time you hear it, it's going to be a little bit different because... It's almost like the telephone game. So, oh, sure. you know, so every time you hear it from somebody else, it's going to be a little a little bit different. There are going to be slight variations. And Even a little richer. Well, right, right. And add a little bit of your own flavor sure. to the story. And I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, the, the folklore is, it's a part of my culture. And so as a result, it's a part of who I am. Um, and it's a part of who I always will be. So, I mean, even, you know, as a writer, when I'm creating certain pieces, um, I always try to infuse the work that I'm creating with that kind of folklore. Um, and it, it does, you know, like you said, it creates kind of like a richer texture. Mm-hmm. Because people not only get to know you, they also get to know your culture a little bit. So that's, it's always been a part of me and always been a part of, I am where I come from, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move a little bit more more west, and we we have a question from Joe in Michigan, hmm. and he wants to know why did you start a podcast? <clears throat> so I think probably the easiest way to explain it would be 
uh, there is a saying that you die twice. And the first time you die, you physically die. You expire, your heart stops beating, and you go on the ground or you get cremated or whatever, you're gone. And the second death comes when people stop saying your name. Oh, wow. And I think that... I, I think that that's a big draw for people who, like, you know, write, people who create, people who are creative. Um, specifically, they want to they wanna be remembered. Oh, sure. Because, I mean, there's one thing to, like, shed the mortal coil. Or, right. But it's to be, to be forgotten is, is almost more horrifying. I mean, exactly. You know, and, you know, if you think about it, like... Edgar Allan Poe was found face down in a ditch. Like, he expired a few days later, but his poetry is, you know, world famous now. Yes. So, I mean, I I think that part of it is you want to be something more than you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And also you want to connect to other people. I mean, I, I think it's so awesome that I can sit here every week or every couple of weeks and connect with so many different kinds of people, um, you know, from so many different cultures. I mean, where, where I come from, there's not real, there's, there wasn't really a whole lot of diversity when I was growing up. Um, so I didn't really learn a lot about the world until I actually started to live in it. Um, and then when I, when I moved to Wisconsin in 2006, myself and my wife, you know, got an apartment in Racine, um, or Racine, wherever you're from, however the hell you pronounce it. Um, so, I mean, when we moved there, I suddenly had neighbors who were black. I had neighbors who were Hispanic. Um, you know, I had neighbors who were just whatever, like, you know, redneck, whatever. Um, but there was so much diversity and the cultures were so rich and, you know, I mean, I learned so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I feel like I want to be more of a part of the world than I am. And I think that podcasting kind of fulfills that need. And like I said, I think that there's a little voice in the back of all of our heads that's like, you know, when I die, I'm dead. But if I do something else, like maybe that will keep my name on somebody else's lips for a little while. So. Very cool. I like that. That's a very, that's a very good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. I had never thought of the idea of not being remembered. You're, obliter- you're obliterated after what fifty years. I mean, you know, before. once your once your family is gone, your extended mm-hmm. family is gone. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much about it, unless you know you've done something extra. Yes. So, yeah. Like a podcast. <laughs> like it's a podcast, or like written a book, or did a bunch of paintings, or <laughs> you know, like I don't know. All right. Okay, well, let's move on to Rebecca, then. She's over in Utah, and she's asking, excuse me, what's your favorite creepy item or artifact you found? Oh, my God. Okay, so... Yeah, curious about this one, too. (laughs) So, um, I, and this is probably, I don't think that you're gonna, this is not the same thing that you're thinking. My favorite thing that I found thus far, um, I actually found it recently, and I don't think that my wife has noticed it yet. Um, is a mask of Le Inconnu de la Seine, the, the unknown woman of the Seine. Oh, um, no kidding. Yeah, it was cast in the 1930s. 
Um, and it's painted kind of garishly. Um, I actually think that I might go in with some white paint and kind of freshen it up a little bit because it kind of looks like it's been buried in somebody's backyard for a while. So I, I do want to clean it up a little bit. But it came with um, a photo of the old Paris morgue, which, um, you know, when she was taken out of the river, when her body was found in the river, she was displayed at the Paris morgue because in the 1800s, that's what they used to do. They used to fish the bodies out of the Seine River and they'd bring them to the Paris morgue. So they'd lay them out on a slab and then mm -hmm. the public would come and filter through and look at all the bodies and try to identify them. Oh, jeez. Uh, and, if it, I mean, it eventually became, like, kind of a macabre, like, tourist attraction or something to do on a Sunday when you had nothing else to do after church. Um, yes. <laughs> go wander through the morgue, you know? Um, so eventually they did shut it down, but it said that um, when they fished um, the, the unknown woman of the Seine out of the Seine River... Um, the doctors there were so struck by her beauty that they made a cast of her face. And so when they made this cast of her face, people started keeping it in their living rooms as kind of a curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually that face became the face of Resusa Ann or Resusa Annie. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So if you've ever taken a CPR, <laughs> CPR course... Um, and and asked Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? So so I mean that's that's probably one of the coolest pieces that I have in my collection. Um, yes, that is cool. And of course I would be remiss if I did not mention Walter. Um, Walter is my full mount uh, peccary pig. He's a javelina, um, and he was a B movie prop. So if you guys want to see Walter in action. Um, he's not very flexible. He's just kind of on poles or whatever, and they have him running next to an SUV. Uh, but there's a, a B horror movie trailer on YouTube called Havelina. So if you look that up on YouTube, you can see Walter, um, trying to eat somebody in an SUV. Um, <laughs> in yeah. a very stiff way. Yeah. In a very, yes, in a very, in a not very, uh, a flexible way. Yes. He wasn't, he wasn't a bendy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He is very cute, though. He's an attractive guy. He, he is handsome. He's a handsome yeah. guy, and he's always smiling. I mean, he's pretty fantastic. Okay. All right. Kathy from Kentucky. Um, she's asking, will you ever do a live show? I would absolutely go if you came to Kentucky. Um, Kathy, I will absolutely come to Kentucky and do a live show if you will buy $2,500 in tickets, because I'm pretty sure that you're the only person in Kentucky who listens. Um, no, oh, I no. <laughs> I mean, I, I always joke that, uh, we, you know, I have like three fans or whatever. Um, so we uh, there's like a, a couple of um, mentions on iTunes about like second fan or whatever. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I always say that, like, I have, like, two fans or whatever, and I, I know that's not true, but, um... Yeah, definitely yeah, I not just, true. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just think that it's funny. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if, if there are a lot of listeners someday in Kentucky, I would absolutely come and do a live show. Um, I know for a fact that there are some really freaking creepy places in Kentucky that I could really get into. 
so yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it's a, it's a future thing. We'll put a pin in it and see what happens. Yes, definitely. All right. Okay. Nick from Toronto. Will you do another investigative episode like Seven Bridges? Oh, Nick from Toronto. Toronto. Uh, Toronto. Um, I think that I probably would. Um, there is actually an abandoned asylum in Sheboygan um, yes. that I really want to go to. Apparently, they allow you to do tours. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe for a future episode, um, I'll, I'll wind up going out there and, and checking it out. Maybe Patty will go with me. I would love to go. And it'll yes. be a there's thing. Some, there's crazy spots up in um, the middle of Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We've also, I think that on this podcast, um, either myself or Mimi also tackled the um, Holy Hill area because apparently there have been like werewolves spotted in like around Holy Hill. Really? Yeah. So, so there was one of us did a, a piece about it on the podcast, and I forget which one, but um, we we tackled that, and we also tackled uh, the Beast of Bray Road. Um, which is another, like, werewolf kind of story, um, out of there. So, yeah, I mean, if, you know, if I can find some, some places to go, um, and I can actually manage to get in there and be able to take a tour of the place, uh, I'll absolutely bring a recorder and, you know, see what the spirits have to say. Yeah, I'd be interested, and in, I guess I don't know that much about spooky places in Wisconsin. I know much more about... Wisconsin serial killers. Oh yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're kind of known for for having a few of those. Well, it's beer, cheese, sausage, serial killers, right? Those right. are the four. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <sighs> okay, um, Nick. Um, Oh, I already read Nick. Sorry, Nick. How about <laughs> Steph from New York? Will you ever have another co-host? Uh, you know, that's kind of something I've been playing around with recently. Um, I enjoy being able to um, create something that is more or less well manicured. Um, I, You know, I, I like to be able to add the music and edit. Um, I like to be able to make my own schedule. Um, that's a luxury that a lot of podcasters who have co-hosts don't have. So, um, I think for now, I think I'll probably just stick with the, the, the solo venture. Mm -hmm. Um, it does kind of become a struggle sometimes because for a solo episode, I mean, for a half hour episode, that's like 20, 25 pages of content. Um, and that's every week. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So essentially I, I start... So I'll pick a topic on a Sunday, and then on Monday I'll start doing research for that topic. On Tuesday I start putting everything together, and then Wednesday, Thursday I'm finding sources for everything that I've put together. And then come Friday I'm finishing everything up, Saturday night I record, and then Sunday I edit. And then on Monday it comes out. Or, well, actually late Sunday night usually it comes out. It's supposed to be released on Monday, but I like to do it Sunday night. Um... So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a tight schedule and it's kind of a tight turnaround, but I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. Maybe in the future that might be a thing. I don't know. 
right. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would imagine guests right now, especially if you like to have the control over the process. Oh, sure. And I mean, I, you know, last, uh, last season I did an interview with, um, an author by the name of Patrick Whitehurst. He, um, writes a lot of books about like haunted locations and stuff. Um, and he had a, you know, a, a recent release. So he came on to talk about his book and, uh, we just had a great discussion. And I mean, I, I like being able to do that and have guests and, and have that, you know, nice little bit of crosstalk, but I also enjoy being able to, you know, create something that is just mine, I guess. I don't know. I'm also an only child. So I think that that says a lot about. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I am as well. Yeah. I'm, I consider myself an only child with brothers and sisters because <laughs> they're all between 10 and 15 years older than me. So oh. by the time I became conscious of my my life and my surroundings as a child, they were gone. They split. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm kind of a child. <laughs> okay. I know it sounds weird, but all right. <laughs> on to Neville from Texas. How do you choose the creepy places you report on? Um, I basically just like keep a list (laughs) and then on Sunday night I throw a dart at it and that's what I do. I mean, it's, it's not a physical list. It's on my cell phone. I'm not actually throwing darts at my cell phone. I, I generally just look through the list right now. I have a list of like a hundred or so um, suggestions that people send me over email if there's anybody out there who has a topic that they want me to do um, for a future episode, you can send those to theidentitypodcast at gmail.com, and I'll add those to the list. Uh, I don't usually go in order. I usually just kind of pick uh, what speaks to me, or if somebody is, you know, sending me a lot of emails and is like, <laughs> you have to do this now, um, then I'll I'll kind of maybe bump it and... You know, not not so that they'll stop emailing me. That's not why. Um, no. Of course not. Um, <laughs> no, I'll uh, I'll usually do it if you know if I get extra emails, or sometimes I'll get a couple of emails about the same thing, and uh, I'll do a little bit of research on it and be like, oh yeah, you know, I I do want to do that. So yeah, I mean, I I just basically look at my list, um, and I pick something off the list, and sometimes like I'll be sitting here on a Sunday night and I'll pick something. And Monday morning, I'll decide that I want to do something different. And that's fine, too, because, like I said, I don't usually start, like, any writing or research until Monday anyway. So, so yeah, I mean, it all just kind of flows from there. All right. All right. Anna Becca, she's from um, here where I am in Illinois. Oh, nice. And she's asking, will you ever stream a live episode? No. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> So I, I, yeah, I worked in radio a long, long time ago. Um, and those silences are deadly. Oh just, yeah. 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 You're not allowed to really stop and think. No. To keep live, you know, talk going. Right. Regardless of whether or not you have something to say. So live is, is kind of frightening. I would imagine. Well, right. And I mean, there have been studies done as far as, um, human communication is concerned that have clearly illustrated that human beings do not like awkward silences. Um, you know, we, we like to have that conversation. We like to have that crosstalk because when somebody responds to you, it means that they're listening. 
Oh, okay. And if you're talking and talking and talking and nobody's saying, yep, uh-huh, or I absolutely agree, or you're a fucking idiot, um, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not getting that crosstalk, you're not getting feedback, so it's like, okay. <laughs> oh, God, what are they thinking? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I personally, I don't have any desire to do a live show um, or, or stream a live show. Um, it, you know, the in-person live show, uh, that might be something that I would be willing to do. I might, you know, get a few friends together and get them to come up with me and we'd, you know, kind of double team or triple team. Um, I know, I know a few oddballs, so I'm sure that I'd be able to find a few to help me out. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, as far as streaming, the live streaming, uh, it just kind of freaks me out. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think I'll ever go there. I would think doing the the show, a live show, would be much, much easier, more in line where you get to talk to people and yeah. and if you do have the silence, it's not so awkward, not so deadly. Well, right, and there's there's laughter, <laughs> you know, like yes. there's some sort of response. I mean, mm-hmm. like like laugh or boo or hiss or throw a can of something at me, like at least I'm getting some sort of reaction versus. If I stream a show, then that means I'm just sitting in my closet because I record from a closet. I'm sitting in a closet right now. Um, So, um, and, you know, the nice thing about it is at the end of every episode, I get to come out. It's fantastic. You come Um, out of the closet. It's it's cathartic. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, I don't don't think that I'll ever do the, the streaming a live show thing. I think that's, yeah, it's not for me. Not my thing. Right. It's really hard to read a room from your closet. You're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to ask, where's Halifax? Because Doug is from Halifax. Oh, Halifax is uh, Nova Scotia. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, Doug is asking, what does your wife think about your creepy collections? <laughs> oh, God. Um, you want me to answer that? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, you could. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, I think for the most part, okay, so there are some items in my collection that she thinks are funny or cute. Um, One of them is Walter. She likes Walter. She thinks that he's very cute. The other one is uh, Frankenduck. Um, the, the little two-headed duckling that I have. One of them is named Frank. Oh, yes. Yeah, one of them is named Frank, and the other one is named Duck. So together, they're Frank and Duck. Um, I've seen Frank and Duck. Frank and <laughs> Duck is very cute. So, yeah, I mean, the, there's those two things. Um, and, I mean, I don't think that she's freaked out too terribly much about, like, some of the taxidermy and stuff in there. I don't think that that really freaks her out. Um, I have a, a vervet uh, monkey skull. Ooh. Um, and she doesn't like that because she says it looks too human. Um, so that one kind of stays tucked away. That one doesn't come out very often. That's not on the coffee table. Yeah, no, no. She's also not a fan of the wet specimens. When I first got my, uh, my dwarf goat, uh, it came from Maine. And, uh, you know, okay, so you know the uh, the YouTube videos where the goat is, like, jumping on other goats and knocking them down? Yeah. Have you you've seen that one? Yes. <laughs> so, the goat that I have in the jar 
is related to that other goat that is the asshole goat that knocks other goats down. <laughs> it, it came from the same firm. That's great. A great backstory. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, she's not, she's not a fan of the, the wet stuff. Um, I don't think that she dislikes, I have a, a sulcata tortoise, um, that little tiny tortoise that I have on like a little lighted base. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, that's really neat. Yeah, so I I don't think that she minds that one too terribly much, but um I mean the the goat and the rabbits that I have and the one um the Pyrenees puppy that I have, she doesn't really like that too terribly much. Um So yeah, I mean there's there's some stuff that she thinks is weird and too creepy. Um like I said, she hasn't seen that mask yet, so <laughs> uh I I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, I asked her to water my succulents while I'm in Colorado and it's like, it's like right to the left of the succulents. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I think you'll, you'll be here, right? You'll be visiting. Yes, I'll be there. Yeah. So, so so when she starts screaming, you'll know why. Um, and, and full disclosure, I have no idea. I was just kidding. I don't know what she thinks about your collection. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So then Heather from Utah is wondering then, too, if your wife is into the paranormal as well. Uh, you know, she's not. I, I mean, this is kind of a hard question to answer because I'm not my wife. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, try as I may. Damn it. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess she is kind of of the opinion that a lot of it is not real or not a thing. I I think that, like, I mean, for example, um, today I told her that I cleansed the top level of the house with Palo Santo because I have a couple of um, artifacts in my room that um, are offering figures. And because they're offering figures, um, if you don't give them something, they might get pissed off. And uh, so I, I cleanse the room of evil spirits with the Palo Santo um, and open a window and essentially tell them that they're not welcome and ask them to leave. Um, and so I told her that I did that and she was like, oh, good, and went back to reading her book. So I, <laughs> I don't know if she's like, you know, like it's kind of hard to tell kind of where she is with that. Um I mean, I've I've told her of some of the experiences that I've had personally with the paranormal, you know, when I was a kid. Um, I've rehashed a lot of those on the podcast. They're on the blog, too, um, for anybody who's interested in kind of looking through those. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of been a thing that she's just lived with. And, uh, you know, I, I think that she just kind of exists with it. <laughs> like... I don't think that she's necessarily super into it, but she's glad that I have a passion for it. You know? Yes. So. Yeah. I'm shocked she doesn't like the wet specimens. But you know what? The, when you say wet specimens, that just really doesn't sound good. It <laughs> sounds kind of wrong. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, don't it really think does. It's like the word, maybe it's the word wet. Like, you know how people don't like the word moist? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, putting wet specimen to those two words together. Right. It sounds unappetizing. Well, I mean, I guess if if you were intending on eating them, it would probably ruin your (laughs) appetite. But um, yeah, no, I I don't know. Maybe that's it. I don't know. 
<clears throat> but yeah, she's yeah. she's just kind of I don't know. She's just kind of ho hum about it. Like it doesn't seem like she really like when we lived in uh, Bayview. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we moved into that apartment, there was actually a lady who lived there who passed away in the kitchen. And so, like, right up at the top of the stairs, she passed away right there. And I guess she was there for a few days before anybody realized that she had passed away. She didn't really have any family. Yeah. So, me, being the weird, creepy person that I am, um, she decided that she was going to let me know that she was there. Um, And I thought that that was fine. Um... She didn't, I mean, she wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a benevolent, like she wasn't trying to hurt me or anything. It was just like, I would get up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water and she would just kind of be like standing by the door. And I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, you know, hey, how's it going? And just kind of have a conversation with her, you know, I mean, I personally believe that if you're going to talk to the spirits, treat them like people. Um, cause that's, I mean, treat them like you would be respectful to somebody. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they'll, you know, they'll be respectful back if, if they're, you know, as long as they're not trying to do you any harm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would just go and get my water and have a normal conversation and be like, okay, I'm going back to bed now and go back to bed and go back to sleep. Um, Wow. And you never, never had an issue with that? Cause I don't know if I've ever seen anything or not, but. I guess because I haven't, I didn't grow up with um, having that ability. Oh, that sure. If I suddenly saw something, I don't know if I could, like, drink my glass of water and just go back to bed. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I've been having experiences like that since I was, like, eight or nine years old. So, I mean, yeah. when I when I see certain things, I just kind of accept them as being there now. It's just a thing that happens to me. Um, right. I mean, if right. it was something new and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, there's a, <laughs> you know, there's a lady like in my kitchen and it's two in the morning. Um, but I mean, I, I know by looking at them that they're not, not that they're not real. I don't want to say they're not real. Um, mainly because they're listening. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say <laughs> they're, you know, um, it's kind of like. You know that spider web that you get for Halloween? That kind of wispy spider web? Yes. Around the outline of them, that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like they're there, but they're not quite there. Oh. It's yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um mm-hmm. and if you if you happen to like walk by them or like put like put your hand or like touch like try to touch them, um it's almost like you got that spider web wet. And it's cold. Oh. It's very strange. <laughs> so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, no. I, um, think, yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I used to try to figure out what they were and try to try to see if they were actually there. Um, and now I know that they are most certainly not. <laughs> so I, I don't do that anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of a weird thing that some people can see. And a lot of people believe that people like me are crazy and are not actually seeing something and actually have schizophrenia and should be, you know, medicated. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I've been seeing them for as long as I can remember, so they're just kind of there. Um, and actually, there's 
when I was 13 years old, we went to the Wabana Iron Ore Mines, which is on Bell Island. It's like one of the only things that you can do in Newfoundland for fun. Um, okay. So you you go there and you go into the iron ore mines and you get to like, you know, go down there and like see where the miners were and check out the helmets and like all that kind of shit. And uh, one of the miners, I'm pretty sure, followed me home. So he's been with me since I was like 12 years old, 13 years old. Um, and he he is he wears my uh, like a miner's outfit. He's wearing like a kind of a work shirt, like a baggier work shirt, um, uh, heavier boots, mm-hmm. and uh, he wears one of those um, old mining helmets where they had to actually light the flame. So you can, oh, act- sure. yeah. So I can actually like see oh. his his outline and the the flame on his his mining helmet. Do you have um, a name for it? I don't have a name. Um, he's he's oh. never no he's never given me a name. Um, he just I don't he's just kind of there. <laughs> he just kind of follows me around, and I get the feeling that like he's always checking in with me. Like, how you doing? Are you okay? You know, like what's going on? Like you. Might... <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So. Um, and then the other spirit is, um, I call her the blue lady because she's like, literally the air around her is, um, it's like this kind of like a hazy kind of a blue color. Um, like a a what? Like an aura? Um, a little bit. Like, again, it's, it's like that weird, like spider webby stuff. Um, there are some nights where um, I'll actually have experiences where, like, I'm lying in bed and all of a sudden at the foot of the bed there's a blue light. And the curtain at the end of the bed is moving and I can sense that there's something there, but I don't really see anything. But there's this blue light and I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's her kind of checking in. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, only, it's only been those two now for, for a little bit. Okay. Um, so... But yeah. You know, you've just reminded me, I, I have had a couple of experiences, and it was Ooh. when I was um, pregnant with my son, oh, and yeah. I've heard you're actually, your your senses are heightened yep. when you're pregnant, um, and I didn't really see anything, but I had two experiences. One, um, I was laying in bed, and I was wide awake, and the bed started to shake, hmm. and mm-hmm. I even sat up, and I, I actually pinched myself. To make sure that I wasn't sleeping. Right. I know, kind of cliche, but it's what I did. And the bed just kept bouncing around on the floor. It was terrifying. Yeah. And another time I was looking down a hallway and there was a birdcage. And the birdcage was shaking. Oh. It was, yeah. That's weird. that's it. Yeah, that's weird. But it scared the the hell out of me. Huh. Especially the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you and know, I'm, I'm in it by myself, so oh, <laughs> there's no reason for it to be bouncing around. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and I mean, you know, I, I've had experiences too where like I'm lying in bed and I'll hear somebody saying, hey, hey, oh, hey, like over and over again. And I'll wake up and I'll look around and there'll be nobody there. Or like they'll say my name and I'll wake up and there'll be nobody there. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. And it's not it's not sleep paralysis because in order for it to be sleep paralysis, I would have to be in that state of being neither awake nor asleep where my brain is, you know, like unable to tell my body to move. 
Um, and I am physically able to sit up like immediately and look around and I don't see anything. So it's it's very strange. Of course, now I have tinnitus, so I hear elephants trumpeting occasionally. <laughs> or you can hear the sea, like when you listen to the conch shell. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Or when you're trying to go to sleep, you can hear your own heartbeat or like your own stomach yes. digesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all you can hear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I actually I had that for a while, and suddenly it stopped. Oh, did I, you did yeah. you cut back on your caffeine? No, I really don't drink that much caffeine. Oh. So, I, don't know. I heard my ex-husband, well, soon to be, <laughs> anyway, um, he had trouble with hearing the waves and the heartbeat, and then when he went uh, into the doctor, there was a hair touching his eardrum. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and that was it, but that wasn't, I don't think that's what happened to me. I don't yeah. know. But it lasted for about a year. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gone to the ear, nose, and throat specialist, and, like, they've done the hearing tests, and they've looked in my ears, and everything looks fine. Um, you know, I don't have any scratches or any foreign objects or anything. There's no pressure behind my eardrums. Um, it just is there. So, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a thing. Right. You don't need one of those um, white noise machines to help you fall asleep. No, because I've already got it. <laughs> Right, it's already in your head. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm already equipped. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay, well, I think uh, Cece is next from Wisconsin. Oh, sure. And she's asking, will you ever do previews at the end of your ep- episodes? I have thought about doing that. Um, that's actually a really good suggestion. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I find it really hard because, like I said before, I flip-flop sometimes. So I don't want to be like, and next week, you know, we're going to do blah, blah, blah. And then next week I'm like, and on second thought, I changed my mind. Now I want to do something else. Someday in the future, I plan on doing this or that. And that way you don't have to dedicate yourself. That's that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, when, when people send me things that they want me to talk about, I mean, like I said, I have a list of like 100 items right now that people want me to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um. And I mean, like, I could flip-flop 50 times and, (laughs) you know, in the course of 24 hours. uh, And then all of a sudden, I, you know, I'd feel like I have to report, you know, like I have to do a piece on this now. Um, And I think part of the the fun of podcasting for me is being able to do things that I'm passionate about. And because I'm kind of, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a creative, so, like, we like to flip-flop. Um, Mm -hmm. we're easily distracted. So, uh, (laughs) I feel like it'd probably be better for me to just be able to do what I want to do on any given day. Um, I mean, certainly like if there's something major coming up, like, um, this season, I started doing, um, an announcement at the beginning of the season that basically says we're going to have 12 episodes. We're going to have one interview. Um, that's going to be like a cool interview. And I've already actually recorded that interview. Um, I just need to edit it. Uh, and that will actually be, I'm hoping that that will be episode number 12. Um, and we'll kind of go out on that note. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of, I, I flip flop so much. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I would find it difficult. Just keep drawing outside the lines. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, nobody, nobody likes to color inside the lines. No. 
especially not creative people. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's go back up to Ontario with Nikki, who's asking, are any of the objects in your collection haunted? Um, you know, none of the objects, I don't think that any of the objects in my collection specifically are haunted. Um, I don't know that, okay, so this is, this is kind of, I, I feel like I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here. Um, but I don't feel like objects necessarily can be haunted. Um, I feel like they can have certain energies attached to them either positive or negative. Like if we um, say, for example, let's use uh, Robert the doll as an example, because a lot of people know who Robert the doll is. So Oh, seriously? The, you yeah, have to ask permission to take his picture because otherwise bad shit happens to you afterward. Oh, no. um, he was the doll of Eugene, uh, Robert Eugene Otto. Um, his aunt, I think, brought the doll back from somewhere and gave it to the boy as a gift. And the doll became the boy's best friend. And then all of a sudden the doll started doing things. And um, Eugene started blaming the doll for doing certain things. Um, and eventually it was just forgotten in an attic space and then it was found again. Um, and some similar things happened. But um, I think it was the inspiration for Annabelle. I was just thinking, I, I know I've heard a movie recently. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, so they, um, they basically, you know, used, used that story and they made it an even creepier doll, in my opinion, than Robert. But he lives in a museum now, um, in a glass case, and people can go and visit with Robert. Um, but before you take his picture, you have to ask permission. Um, and apparently, you will know very, very quickly, whether or not Robert thinks it's okay for you to take his picture. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so Robert the doll, right? So Robert the doll supposedly is a haunted doll. I don't necessarily think that Robert the doll is haunted. I think that Robert the doll is probably more than likely, he has some sort of energy, like some negative energy that surrounds him. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, I'm not sure that inanimate objects necessarily can carry, like, human um, or, or, like, spirit, spirit essence. I don't know. It seems, like, a little, a little much. Like, I feel like the spirits exist separately from the things that they left behind because those are not the things that are important. You know what I mean? So think, well, I mean, I can't look at, like, I have a lava lamp, and I don't think that could ever become... Um, haunted, but what about if I had like a skull, a human skull? Well, I mean, in in that case, so then we're talking about more spiritual energy. Okay. Right? So we're not talking about an essence there. We're talking about like actual human energy. Okay. That makes sense. Certainly. You know, because it's a human thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a piece of human kind of, you know, a, a piece of a human being that is left. Whereas if you're talking about something like a doll, I don't necessarily know. And I mean, I know that there's like this whole thing about like Dybbuk boxes and like how, you know, like this whatever evil thing lives in a box and you shouldn't open the box. And that's a whole cultural thing. And 
I mean, I'm I'm certainly not like shitting on people's cultures and whatever. This is just strictly what I you know what I think is the case. Um, and you know, in in terms of um, research and the paranormal, I mean, there's been a lot done, but there's still so much more to go that it's impossible to say how things actually are. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, for me, I feel like. There are probably, like, for example, it's not an object in my collection, but I purchased a rocking chair. I believe it was, oh my god, sometime last year. I think it's been in my house about a year. But it likes to move sometimes on its own. And I don't necessarily get, like, any, like, negative energy or any evil, like, anything from it. Um, It just occasionally likes to rock on its own, and I'm not really sure... Like, I remember when I was growing up, my grandfather and my grandmother, um, they had a rocking chair, I, I believe it was in the basement, um, and I don't know if it was one of them actually who told me this or not, but they said, you're not supposed to rock a rocking chair that doesn't have anything in it because you're inviting spirits. Oh, jeez. So. Welcome. <clears throat> Come and have a seat, right? <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, you're you're inviting spirits into your home when you do that. So I, I'm not really sure if that's like, a, you know, an energy thing or if there's like some residual something or other um, going on there. But just like sometimes I'll get up in the middle of the night and I'll, I'll look and it'll be rocking slightly and I'll be like, huh. kind of weird. There's like nobody. And it's actually it's in the spare bedroom. Um, so when you're here, <laughs> okay, I know I saw it. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. And if it freaks you out too much, feel free to move it out of there and put it in my office. I'm okay with that. Um, Thank you. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it it just occasionally it rocks on its own, and I don't know if that's just like it could potentially be the spirits that are connected with me, um, mm-hmm. who are doing that, or it could just be some sort of residual something or other. Um, that's that's moving it or it could be like the cat maybe likes to come in here and push it around or something at two o'clock in the morning um i i really have no idea but but yeah i mean i haunted i don't know necessarily that it's haunted but it's a thing anyway like i agree with you with the energies because i know i've i've lived in homes that you can tell sure you can almost feel if bad things happened yeah. with the family who lived there before. I'm not talking about like murdering each other, but like a lot of unhappiness. Right. I think can leave residual energies in the home and you can kind of you can sense it when you move in after them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean the um there was a, a little old lady who lived down the way from us when I, I lived with my parents in a um an apartment complex. And uh, she was deaf. She had all of this, like, extra stuff to, like, help her make phone calls and stuff on her phone. Um, And I would go down there and hang out with her sometimes because she didn't have any other friends. She didn't have any family. Um, And we lived right next door. So my dad, who was the landlord at the time of this particular building, um, he would go down and check on her and I would go with him. And then we kind of sit and, like, watch Jeopardy or whatever. You know, just, like, just to hang out. Yeah. And uh, she actually passed away in the apartment. And when that happened, I remember that, like, the the area around that apartment, it was almost like the air was really thick. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. It was like you knew that something happened there. 
like you said, there's like just a strange like feeling or strange energy. An, an essence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, something you know, uh, yeah. Like, you know that something happened here and, and whatever. Um, yes. I walked into homes. There was one in particular that I, every time I would go over there, regardless of how I felt when I walked in, I would get very tired. I would be uh, the house. There was such an oppressive feeling within it yeah. that I would, I would te- like feel like I needed to take a nap right. pretty much immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for a lot of people, it's, it's draining. Um, yeah. a lot of people just do feel drained when they're in that kind of, you know, atmosphere, but mm-hmm. yeah, creepy stuff. Yes. Okay. Oh, Hey, we're going to Amsterdam. Uh, <laughs> Levi, uh, will you ever have any merch for the podcast? Uh, you know, um, I have thought about having merch. Um, I, well, you know, I, I created a couple of mugs for the podcast just because, um, I did the same thing when, when Mimi was a co-host. Um, I, I made her a mug as a, as a gift for one of the episodes that we had. Um, it was a milestone episode and I, I gave her this mug with a Hauntheads logo on it. Um, the, uh, the Identity Podcast logo, um, because Katie created it, even though she said it's okay if I use it for like other things, um, I think I'm probably going to want to create my own just because I'd feel weird, like making merch and charging for it, um, with her image on it. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's something that is in the works. Um, it's not going to happen this season. It might happen next season. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Cause it's, it's actually, there's a lot of clusterfuckery involved in, uh, changing logos for podcasts. Oh, um, really? Oh. There, yeah, there are actually, um, there are some podcast sites that you go on that still have the old Hauntheads logo on them. Um, and I mean, it, it hasn't been Hauntheads in a little bit, so, um, <laughs> I'm not really sure what they're doing on those, those platforms, but, um, not updating is what they're doing. So. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. All right. Let's go. Um, let's go with Amber. She's down in Texas. You always are so open about your anxiety and mental health in general. Can you talk a little about your anxiety and when you decided to medicate? It's interesting. I have recently mm. been diagnosed with severe anxiety, sure. and I am still trying to figure out what meds I want to go on or if I want to take a more holistic route. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... All right. Um, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to take up a ton of time um, on this, but uh, yeah. So when I first found out that I had anxiety, um, it was around 2006. It was right when we moved here from Newfoundland. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I was coming to a new place and everything was very different and I didn't know anybody and I didn't really know like where I was in relation to the rest of the world because you know we we drove there um and we you know moved into this apartment and i wasn't working at the time and you're a long way away from your family Um, very very far away from my family because like all of my family is in newfoundland so um you know being that far away from home for the first time in my life and being that far away from my family for the first time in my life um i think uh affected me negatively and I think I just kind of took those feelings and, like, stuffed them down. 
much. Like yes. I, I didn't want to think that I needed help. There's, there's a lot of like stuff in my family where, um, you know, like I've had conversations with my grandfather about my anxiety and my grandfather doesn't think that that's a thing. Um, he just, you know, he's of the, of the generation, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps certainly and get on with it so he sounds like a stoic my father was that i way. mean you know if you met him you wouldn't think that but <laughs> oh okay. he's right. he's a big teddy bear he's um he's very affectionate he's always been very affectionate with his granddaughters um i am one of three uh i'm the oldest and uh we're all girls so <laughs> he's okay. uh he's very much like pop and like big teddy bear pop um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, no, like what? There's nothing. And I don't know if it has something to do with maybe he doesn't want to think that there's anything wrong with me, you know, like he wants yeah. to think that I'm doing well. And so that's kind of where he, he takes it, you know, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I, I kind of took those feelings and I stuffed them down because that's what I thought I had to do. And then when I started college, um, <clears throat> and I started college pretty late. I, I graduated when I was 28. Um, but I I just kind of, I was like, you know, I feel like this all the time. And whenever I would try to drive somewhere or like go somewhere and do something, um, it would feel like an elephant was sitting on my chest. And I, I couldn't go to the store. Like the store would be at the base of the road, like five minutes away. And there was something inside of me that was saying, no, you can't leave the house today. Like, no, you can't, you know, like you, you want to sit in your bedroom underneath the blanket all day. You don't want to go anywhere, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I do um, know what you mean. Yeah. So uh, eventually those feelings translated into not being able to go anywhere and drive anywhere and like be my own person. Um, and when that happened, I decided that I was going to take advantage of the counseling at my university um, and met a very lovely lady who would sit down with me weekly and talk about my anxiety and try to figure out ways that we could correct it without medication because I'm not the type of person who likes medication. Um, mm -hmm. I've never been that type of person. I don't like taking ibuprofen. Like <laughs> I, I don't take pills. It's not a thing that I do. And, um, so when I thought about taking something that would alter me chemically, that kind of freaked me out a little bit and made me more anxious. Oh dear. Um, so we started uh -oh. with, <laughs> we started with making journals. So I would keep a journal every week of the things that I did and like, okay, so this week I went to the grocery store and I made it all the way to the checkout with my purchases before I ran out like a scared rabbit. Um, the, you know, the week after that, um, you know, oh, I managed to check out, but I bought a lot of extra stuff because I felt like I didn't buy enough stuff. And the lady at the checkout didn't have enough to check out. And so then I was anxious about that. And then, you know, so then I would buy extra stuff. And even now, like, I'll get anxious sometimes, even though I am on medication. Um, I currently take Buspirone and Ativan for, like, emergencies. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, even now, there will be days where, like, I'm going to pick up this extra thing because that's going to make me feel better. And it's a very, I, I don't, it makes me less anxious. I don't know. It's just, and it could be anything. Like I could be walking through the checkout and be like, I need this extra pack of gum. I have two packs of gum in my car. It doesn't matter. It makes me feel better. So I pick up the, you know, $1 package of gum and check out and it's fine. For, for a long time, I pushed back on 
taking any sort of medication, um, going for any sort of counseling because, you know, that's, that's weakness. You know, you're, you're showing weakness when you go to talk to somebody about, um, the way that you're fallible and the way that you're human, because, you know, nobody wants to think that they're fallible. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was just a big thing for a really long time. And finally I said, you know what? Um, I want to be able to get up in the morning and I want to be able to go to work and I want to be able to be my own person and do my own things. And the only answer to that was to go on medication. Um, so I, I just decided one day that I was like, okay, and this was actually after I graduated from college, um, that I decided to go on medication. I've only been on medication for maybe four years. Um, not very long at all, but um, I, I did a bunch of research. Um, I talked to my wife about the kind of medication that I wanted to go on. Um, she's actually on similar medications, so, like, I knew that it didn't really have any, like, major side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that shit, like, is just crazy and makes you have suicidal thoughts and, like, <laughs> just, oh, I know. like, the You're side effects... I mean, the side effects, the list of side effects is longer than the benefits. So it's like, (laughs) right. So it's like, what, you know, what do I want to do? Like, I want to feel better and I want to be my own person, but I also don't want to fucking sleep drive and kill somebody. So like, where's the, the (laughs) right. Yeah. Or like be more susceptible to tuberculosis or Um, not be able to go out in the sunlight. Like, these are all things that some of these antidepressants do. Um, yes. and the, um, the buspirone that I'm on actually, I guess can't, it's an umbrella drug. Mm-hmm. So it can be prescribed as an antidepressant. It can be prescribed to like people who are going Post- through postpartum depression. Or quit smoking. <clears throat> or to quit smoking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an umbrella. So it's supposed to help with OCD. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that explains why I don't touch the doorknob as much when I leave the house. Um, But no, I mean, it's like, you know, there's all these weird side effects. And then, you know, I'm talking to my wife and she's like, well, I'm on buspirone and I also have Ativan, but I only have that for emergencies. And I was like, well, I mean, if I have to go on something daily, um, I think buspirone is probably going to be the best thing for me um, because it's got the least number of side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like I'm being altered. Um, I don't really feel like I'm on it. Like I, <laughs> I often ask my doctor, what is it supposed to feel like? Like, is it supposed to make me feel different or like what? That's crazy. That, cause I think that all the time. Cause yeah. I actually see a doctor as well and yeah. I'm on medications as well for anxiety. Sure. And he asks me how I'm doing. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to be feeling anyway? <laughs> right. And they can't answer. Um, they can't tell you. you right. <laughs> I guess I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm like a hamster running in that wheel. Right. All the time. Yeah. And my hands mm-hmm. aren't going numb. Yes. I guess that's a good I'm not freaking out all the time. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I feel kind of um, even. Yeah. It's nice to be kind of even. Yeah. But for me as well, I started to, I started to do meditation. Um, oh, I take right. I spend it an hour and a half each way going to and from work on the train, and I wear earbuds because people are crazy, sure. um, and I don't have to hear them then. So I started listening. I found a couple of YouTube med- YouTube meditations, 
And I also heard that um, Tibetan monks, they've had brain scans done, and it shows that they're actually able to change their brain's physiology. Oh, but that's sure. after, like, it's, cr- it's crazy. But they also meditate all the time. It's like after 10,000 hours oh, of right. meditation. But it's also, you know, I found that it, it helps me, helps to balance me out as right. well. I have a tendency to carp, um, compartmentalize yep. everything instead of dealing with it. And then I, you know, go like a little crazy every six months. But yeah. I try to I try to tap that down. But <laughs> the meditation and the meds, that, that's, I agree. I guess I'm agreeing right. with you. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a hard it's a hard choice to make, especially if you're not the, like if you're not the type of person who can see like if you can't see yourself taking a medic a certain medication every day to make you a certain way. Um I mean I I mean, you know, it's not this is not medical advice. <laughs> I am not right. a doctor. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. Um but I mean you you've got to do what's right for you and what feels good for you. Um, but you've also got to realize when that is no longer working. Um, because if you're, if you're, you know, keeping the journal and you're doing the meditation and yada, yada, um, and that's not helping and people around you are still like, we haven't seen you in a few days. Like, are you okay? Like what, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, are you, are you locking yourself away again? Like you can't let your anxiety do that to you. Um, Mm -hmm. When people are starting to notice that something, I mean, if people are asking you about it, then you kind of know maybe it's time to make a change somewhere. Right. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not just like, it's not just yourself, but it's the people around you who love you and worry about you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that that was a thing for my wife too. Like, even now there, there are just some days where like, and I'm sure that this is true of people who are not on medication. Some days you just don't want to go to the grocery store. Oh, sure. you know, and deal with all the people and, you know, whatever. I mean, now, especially you don't want to go to the grocery store because you might get fucking coronavirus and die. Um, <laughs> but no, you're not going to. That's not. No. Um, yeah, people stop buying Corona beer. Yes, I know. I know. Don't uh, stop buying or, Corona beer. Corona beer is delicious. Or Chinese food. Like, it's del- oh, yeah. Come on, come on now. Yeah. No, or there's no, there's no need of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, given, given the, I'm going to say the climate because we don't get religious or political on this podcast, um, given the climate and what people are dealing with, um, on average, uh, in America right now, um, I would say that you need to do what is right for you and what is going to make your life the easiest and the best it can possibly be. Basically. And actually, I, I always, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if you try it and it doesn't feel right, then you stop. Right. Well, if you try, you know, going on some sort of medication, say you try going on buspirone and all of a sudden you have like weird side effects um, and you think, well, I'm just not going to go on medication. Don't, don't yeah. kind of like rule it out because all of the medications that are out there, um, they react differently to different people's chemistry. So, I mean, you could very well take one of these pills that causes other people to sleep drive and it doesn't cause you to sleep drive. It actually causes you to like want to do things and like be an actual like functional member of society as opposed to just hiding in your house all the time. Um, 
<clears throat> so yeah, I mean, it, it might work for you and not work for somebody else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I talked with, um, the people around me. Um, you know, I, I made sure that I stayed connected with people who cared about me. Um, because the minute you start isolating yourself, um, that's kind of when you start to lose touch a little bit. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of, you know, tune in, choose to tune in. Um, For me personally, and this is just what I called it for myself, it's when you feel like you're starting to circle the toilet bowl. (laughs) Yeah. It's time to do something. Like, I'm I'm a big isolator myself, so. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I I guess the advice is just, you know, kind of feel it out, talk to your doctor, talk to the people around you and kind of go from there. I mean, only you really know what's going to work for you because it's your life and it's your body and you know, whatever. Um, so yeah. And I I mean, you know, best of luck with that. If you ever want to email me and chat, um, feel free. You can, you can send it to the podcast email. Um, and, uh, I promise to check it more regularly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll get back to you. We can, we can totally chat about that if you, if you choose. So, yeah. That's very cool. Thank you for your question, Amber. Oh, that sounded weird. Anyway, really, <laughs> well, it was on brand. Right? <laughs> <laughs> on to the next question. Oh, okay. Little dorky there, but we're going back to Canada. Uh, Rick from Saskatchewan. Yes. Have you always been spooky? Have you always collected weird stuff or been kind of an oddball? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I can honestly say that I've always been one of those people that never, like, quite fit in. Um, when I was in junior high school, I think I did a better job of it. Um, but it was only because I was being the person that other people wanted me to be. Um, when I got to high school... I think I just, you know, I came to the opinion that um, I was going to be who I wanted to be and just fuck everybody else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of always been a little, a little odd, a little strange. Um, I was not one of those people that collected weird or odd things. Uh, I think it was, it was really recent. It was actually when we bought this house, I started collecting. Um, and I think it was because I actually had the space to do it (laughs) because we had, you know, we bought a house that has three bedrooms and, uh, we had one extra bedroom for like, you know, when guests came or whatever. And we had another bedroom that we kind of turned into a library slash office. Um, and that space has just kind of been where I keep everything. Um, because my wife is kind of particular about where I keep certain things. (laughs) Um, some of them have to stay in the room. They have to live in the room. Um, that's just kind of how it is. But, uh, yeah, so I, I honestly, it was like maybe seven years ago that I really started collecting things that I thought were kind of odd and weird and cool. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. The Like, literally the first thing that I found was Walter. And uh, he's he's just kind of been, you know, my, my bro, like my my pig bro or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I just, I started with him 
And then eventually um, I started collecting uh, other pieces of taxidermy. The second piece of taxidermy I got was a, a raccoon, a full mount raccoon named Rancid. I got him at Maxwell Street Days for like $32. <laughs> oh, and where is he now? And he's actually, he's on the um, top of the bookcase. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, he, you know, I, I just, I started collecting with taxidermy and then eventually I moved on to like uh, medical stuff. So now I have a couple of bone saws. Um, I have a pair of nasal forceps. I kind of compare that room to like a Where's Waldo of me. Uh, because any, like, any little nook and cranny you can look in, there's something, you know, that you can kind of pull out. Um, and I think it's good that you have everything in, in one room, because it really mm. kind of showcases yeah. everything. Nice, well, nice collection. Well, I mean, and, you know, because I'm such a huge nerd, there's also a ton of, like, Funko, um, Universal Monsters stuff. Um, I've always enjoyed Universal Monsters, and... Um, you know, the classics like Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and, you know, Bela Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr. You know, these are, these are just amazing actors to me. Like, I, I love those old movies. Um, you know, the, the older and the creepier, the better. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of surrounded myself with, like, weird and creepy stuff and also stuff that I love. Um, and stuff that brings me joy. I mean, a lot of people say that, like, things can't bring you joy. <laughs> I mean, I have other things in my life, too, that also bring me joy, but, I mean, it's nice to just have stuff sometimes that you can look at and be like, oh, yeah, hey, I remember, you know, when I got that and where I got it and who gave it to me or, you know, like, I bought this from a buyer. Like, for example, I have an armadillo named Arnie, mm-hmm. um, and he came from Texas. Uh, I had a whole conversation with the guy about armadillo preservation prior to buying him because I heard that armadillos can carry leprosy. So I was like, I really want an armadillo for my collection, but I don't want leprosy. So (laughs) is there a trade-off? Like what, (laughs) like what can I, what can I do to prevent myself from getting leprosy, but also, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, you know, don't, don't like lick it or anything. He's like, wash your hands. Watch out for prairie dogs, too, because they carry the plague. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't have any prairie dogs yet. Yeah. No, no prairie dogs. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah, in advance. (laughs) But, yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I just, I started collecting about seven years ago, and it's just kind of ballooned. And, I mean, even now, like, I know that there are things that I want, to add to my collection, for example, uh, I really want one of the uh, super old dental phantoms. Um, oh my god, they're like the coolest and creepiest things ever. Um, they're like all like chrome dome on the top. Yeah. And then they have, um, you know, the place in the front where you can put a set of teeth. And in some of the really old ones, they're actual like human teeth. That they were working on. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I I mean, (laughs) when we get off the podcast here, you should totally Google Dental Phantom. It'll give you nightmares for a week. Um, (laughs) Oh, I definitely will. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic. Like, there there are so many awesome things that I want to add. And, um, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm limited by space. (laughs) But I, I guess we'll see how limited I am. I mean, there's still the ceiling, right? 
I was just gonna say that you can always put shelving like up on the ceiling. Yeah. Hang, yeah. Hanging down. I can like hang shit from climbing hooks. Yes. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. You know, you remind me too because years ago, oh, twenty years ago, an old boyfriend. I gave him a gift of it was supposed to be like a Victorian medical device, and it was oh. a box, a leather, a small leather case, but a a foot wide and maybe eight inches deep and you open it up and it had all these different um like uh, light bulb like tubes and oh. it had a couple and it was supposed to be it gave you these like forceps and all this kind of stuff that you're supposed to be able to rub it on the skin or rub it on the head yeah and it, it had to do with like using electricity mm-hmm. and the like medical whatever to cure i don't know hair loss what one of the bad humors yeah yeah they used it um i think primarily it was used to stimulate hair growth okay Um, so you know what i'm talking about yeah when you when you started talking about a box and you were like it had it had all of these pieces in it i thought that you had bought him a rectal dilator (laughs) and i was like oh well i mean yeah like that's a quack medical device that you could totally buy for somebody um, I kind of uh, pulled forceps out of my butt because I <laughs> wanted to say, like, all these different devices and probes. Oh, yeah. But that was getting too... Uh, yeah. ...leading in the wrong direction. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, there's, there's so much stuff. I mean, there's... Um, I watched uh, an episode of the TV show Oddities where they went to this guy's house and he had a chair that vibrated... And oh. it was supposed to help with constipation. <laughs> so you go and you sit in this chair and it vibrates and it's supposed to help you take a shadoobie. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, it was in good. In the chair? Or... What? No, I don't think in the chair. I think it's just supposed to stimulate and then you're supposed to go elsewhere. Um, yeah. But, I mean, who knows, you know? Um, I mean, that chair has probably seen some shit, literally and figuratively. They did some crazy shit just in general in the Victorian ages. I mean, they really, Age. they really yeah. did. Yeah, I've I've done uh, a couple of episodes, I think, on uh, Victorian just weirdness and quackery and, um, yeah, very very strange. They they were learning a lot about the way that the world worked, um, in the Victorian era. Like, I mean, they still thought that flies carried diseases. Uh, and they were going to, you know, catch diseases from flies. So that was like a big thing. Um, but in the meantime, you know, they were, um, putting wallpaper up in their houses that was coated in arsenic, um, (laughs) and wondering why they were getting sick and thinking it was flies. So it was really like a lot of trial and error. (laughs) And I think also, because of the way, if somebody was addicted to cocaine, the way they Mm. helped, um, uh, with their withdrawals is that they gave them heroin. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, why not? Because then you're not addicted to cocaine anymore. Right, right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, what a time to live. Jeez. I mean, yeah. It's they had just so weird. much more fun than we do. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, all we've got is coronavirus. Like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Well, that was our last uh, question. Oh, that was our last question. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, thank you everybody for um, taking the time to write in and uh, ask me all these wonderful questions. I hope that I answered them to um, your liking. If I didn't, please feel free to email me. My email is pretty public, so you can just you know reach out and shoot me an email and be like, hey, you didn't answer my question about this, and I'll address it on a future episode, or maybe I'll do another one of these, and uh, and we can kind of um, go through some of the ones that I didn't quite hit. But yeah, so uh, I would like to thank my good friend, Patty Wolf, for um, reading these lovely questions to me. Oh, I had a great time. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you had fun. And maybe on a future episode, we can kind of collaborate again on something uh, creepy and weird and spooky or paranormal. Um, yes, definitely. I'll start yeah. looking. See what I can find there. All right. You, you start keeping a list. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Um, I will not be back next week. I am actually heading to Colorado. So the next episode um, of the Identity Podcast is going to drop on March the 30th. I am not going to return uh, from Colorado until the 18th. Um, that is not going to give me enough time to get another episode together. So I'm going to take that next week to kind of put some extra stuff together for you guys. And then you'll have a new episode on that Monday the 30th. So thank you, um, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Well, as always, stay spooky. The Identity Podcast is brought to you on a weekly basis by host Janine Mercer. The podcast is written, produced, and edited by Janine Mercer, unless otherwise stated, and the music is provided by GarageBand. Find The Odd Pod on Twitter and Instagram, at IdentityPod, and on Facebook as The Identity Podcast. You're welcome to email suggestions for future episodes to theidentitypodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like a transcript of this episode, one will be available at theidentitypodcast.wordpress.com. Please take a moment to leave a five-star review on iTunes. And if you haven't already, please make sure to mash that subscribe button to be sure that you're in the know when the next episode drops. Special thanks to all who have promoted the Identity Podcast to their family, friends, and coworkers. Every little bit helps. <laughs> <laughs>